welcome to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. I'm your host, Shannon Felt, teacher trainer, resource provider, and course creator for teachers around the world. In each episode, I'll share concrete strategies to help you sharpen your skills and become the very best teacher you can be. We're talking all things ELT, the most effective classroom practices, communicative methodology, and valuable tips for planning and teaching so you can help your students see real improvement in their language abilities. We'll also hear from language teachers and ELT professionals all over the globe who are making inspiring moves in our industry. So thanks for joining me. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, teachers, and welcome to another episode of Expand Your Horizons, the TEFL Horizons podcast. Fun piece of information this week. This is actually the very first podcast episode that I'm recording in my new home office in my new home base of Columbus, Ohio. So after spending a couple of very fun-filled, sunshine-filled months in San Diego this spring, I've just relocated to Columbus, Ohio, uh, where I will be living for the time being, um, which is exciting. So I'm getting all settled in. And for the first time, I actually have a separate office in my apartment, which is amazing and luxurious after working out of a corner of uh, another room in my old apartment for a very long time. Uh, So anyway, let's get to this week's episode. In this episode, I want to share with you some advice for presenting new vocabulary words in your lessons. And let's talk about how you can present new vocabulary in a way that is engaging and student-centered. All right, so I've got a great list for you, and let's dive in. So idea number one, one way that you can present new vocabulary in your lessons is to use a picture, or alternatively, you can use an actual item. So this works great for concrete things. For example, food, a very simple example, if you wanted to teach the word apple, you could show a picture of an apple. You could also hold up an actual apple. You could bring it into your physical classroom or you could hold it up in front of your camera in an online lesson. So a tip here is instead of telling the students, this is an apple or this is whatever the thing is, whatever the word is in English, let the students tell you. So show them the thing, either the picture or the actual item, and say, what is this? And see if you can elicit the English word from the students. This is much more student-centered than telling the students the word because you give them a chance. Um, You get to see if they already happen to know the word. If they do, that's a really nice confidence-boosting moment for your students. If not, no big deal. You can tell them afterwards, but at least you've given them that chance, and at least you've gotten their brains working, right? We remember things more when we have to work for them a little bit rather than when we're just spoon-fed the information. So option number one for presenting new vocabulary you can use a picture or actual items. If you have a set of vocabulary that's related, right? Like for example, food, you could show a picture of maybe a a table with a, a whole spread of different food items on it and actually have the students take some time on their own and then check in pairs to label the picture. If you feel like the students may already know some of the words, this works great because it's a really nice diagnostic test to see what the students already know. If you're not sure that the students know any of the words, then it's probably helpful to give them a word bank so they can really just match the labels to the items in the picture. So a great student-centered way um, 
works great for lower levels, right? Since there's very little language involved, just looking at the picture and labeling it with the correct target vocabulary words. All right, moving on to idea number two. You could use a matching task to present new vocabulary. So this is very student-centered because you're getting the students to do an exercise instead of just running through the words one by one and explaining the definitions. So how this works, you could create a matching task and have the words on one side of the sheet, if it's a physical piece of paper like a worksheet or the slide if you're teaching online. And then on the other side, of the sheet of paper or the slide, you could have the definitions for each of the words, obviously not in the same order or the correct order, and get the students to match the definition to the word. There are other variations of this that you can use as well. So instead of matching words to definitions, you could have the students match synonyms, right? Almost the same thing. You could also have the students match opposites. So if you're pretty sure the students know one set of words, for example, maybe some uh, adjectives describing things like clean, big, uh, cold, whatever they are, then get the students to match those words to the opposites on the other side. Just make sure the students know, of course, that they're matching opposites so that they're not looking for something that means the same thing. You could use this with pictures as well, so similar to what we talked about in tip number one, uh, but instead of having the students label items in the same picture, they could simply match different words to the pictures of those words on the other side. Uh, or finally, this works better for things like phrasal verbs or maybe more figurative vocabulary items, but you could even have the students match phrases like phrasal verbs, for example, to examples of those things. Um, so maybe, let's see, for example, if you had a phrasal verb that you were teaching like put off or in other words, postpone, the students could match that to an example of that situation. So instead of giving them the definition, maybe they match it to the example of, uh, I decided to finish my assignment tomorrow instead of today. So that would be the example of putting something off. All right, great. Moving on to idea number three. You could have the students label or put different vocabulary items on a Klein. So a Klein, if you haven't heard that term before, is kind of like a timeline, but instead of showing time, it shows gradation. So it basically shows levels of something. Uh, so for this to work, the vocabulary items that you're teaching need to be gradable. I don't mean gradable in terms of assessing. I mean gradable in terms of different, different gradations or different levels of something. Uh, for example, temperature. You could have freezing on one end of the Klein and then boiling on the other end. So you can already probably imagine the types of words that you could fill in in between, right? You could have freezing and then cold and then cool, neutral, warm, hot, boiling. So the students could fill in where on the Klein the different vocabulary items go, and this helps them see the different levels, if you will, of heat in this case, but it works for lots of different types of, of gradable adjectives and adverbs. You could even use this with modal verbs, right? How possible something is, may or might, um, all the way up to must or have to. 
All right, so Klein is a great way to make things a little bit more student-centered and visual, and it is a nice way to show meaning of something that isn't necessarily super concrete, right? Like it's not that easy to describe warm using a bunch of different language and descriptions, but if you're able to put it on a Klein in between neutral and hot, then it makes a lot of sense without really having to explain anything at all. Tip number four, you could use a dialogue to give the students some context for the vocabulary words. You could take out the vocabulary words that you want the students to, to learn, that you want to present to the students, um, and then have the students fill in the blank with the missing words. This probably works best if you have a word bank, otherwise there may be way too many possibilities for the students to fill in. But it is helpful again because the students are getting that context. So even though you're not giving them the definitions to match, the students can try to figure out which word fits in the sentence. And this can also help train them to use other clues. So they may be, you know, looking at things like, okay, what part of speech would fit here? If I know that this word is a noun, and I know that there's a noun missing in the blank, they can sort of help, that can help them use process of elimination to put the words in the right place. This obviously is a little bit more challenging. So this probably works best if you think that the students already may know some of the vocabulary words that you're presenting. If the words are totally new for the students, this could be a little bit overwhelming for them. All right, finally, idea number five is you could present the words in a text, so not a fill in the blank exercise, but actually the full text that contains the vocabulary words that you want to teach. You could have those words underlined or highlighted in the text so that they stand out. And then you could have the students try to discern the meaning of those vocabulary words based on the context of the text. A couple of tips here. This works best if you also give the students some training or some tips for how to find the meaning of vocabulary words through context, right? So if you just tell them, read the text and try to figure out what the words mean, you can do that and they, they may be successful at that, but it helps if, if you help them. So give them some strategies that they can use. Show them how to look at the word, look at the words around that word in the text and try to figure out some clues. So. You can tell the students, for example, ask yourself, can you tell what part of speech the word is? Like, look at the rest of the sentence. Look at how the word functions in the sentence. Can you figure out if it's a noun or a verb or an adjective or adverb? Look at the words around that word, right? Is there an adjective describing it? Is there an action before it? Is there an action that that word is performing? See if you can figure out what that means for the word that you're looking at. Think about the context of the text overall, right? Think about the topic. What kind of words would you probably find in an article about that topic? That could give you some good clues as well. So if you're giving the students some coaching on this exercise, not only are you helping them figure out the meaning on their own, which is going to be more meaningful for them than if you just tell them the meaning of these words, you're also giving the students some strategies to become more independent, autonomous learners, which is really important because that means that when the students are in the real world, right outside of class, reading something on their own, they can use those same strategies, even without you there helping them to try and figure out the meaning of new words. So you're making the students actually better users of English in their normal everyday lives, in addition to helping them do this exercise in class. 
This also works best if you first give the students some sort of gist task before you ask them to dive into finding the meanings of the vocabulary words. So instead of just telling them right off the bat, here's a text, there are some highlighted words in the text, try to figure out what they mean. First, give the students a task that helps them focus on the meaning, the context of the text. So for example, first, let them read the article or skim the article quickly, the text quickly, to try to find the answer to a general question, or maybe to try to choose the best title out of three options. The reason for this is that the students need an understanding of the topic or context of the whole text in order to help them figure out the meanings of individual words in the text. It won't be as effective if the students jump right into looking at the meanings of these specific words, right? If they have a better understanding of what this text is about overall, that will help them now go in and see how individual words are functioning within that text. So as a separate stage, first give them that gist task, right? Read and find the answer to this general question or choose the best one-line summary, choose the best title. After that's done, after they've done that, they've maybe pair-checked that, they've gotten some feedback on that. Now the next stage is, okay, now look at the highlighted words or the underlined words in the text, and here are some strategies to help you figure out what they mean. This can be a great exercise for students to do in pairs or small groups. This shouldn't be something that you're doing as whole class. None of these activities, by the way, should be things that you're dragging the whole class through in lockstep. These are activities that the students can do first alone, so they have some processing time. Right? That way, if you have weaker students, they're not just depending on the stronger students in their breakout rooms uh, or in their pairs or groups. The students have some individual time to think about this on their own. Then they can go into breakout rooms if this is an online lesson and work with a partner or a small group and discuss the words together. So you'll see some great peer teaching happening if you give the students this, this student interaction time before you do feedback altogether. All right, a follow-up to any of these methods of presenting new vocabulary would be, of course, clarifying the vocabulary. So after you use any of these methods to, to bring up the new vocab, you then need to officially teach it, right? So you should ask some CCQs to check the student's understanding of meaning. You'll want to elicit the form if that wasn't already part of the previous activity. So eliciting whether or not the words are nouns or adjectives or adverbs or what have you. And then, of course, modeling and drilling natural pronunciation. In order for students to feel comfortable really knowing and using those new words, they need a good understanding of the meaning in context. They need to know the form of the word so they can put it correctly into, a different, into different sentences. Excuse me. And, of course, they need to know how to pronounce the word correctly and naturally. So that's a great follow-up to any of these methods of presenting new vocabulary. All right, so just to summarize... Five new ideas for presenting or eliciting new vocabulary words from your students. You can use a picture or an actual item of the thing if it's that concrete. Using the actual item is often called realia. So use a picture or realia. Uh, idea number two, you can use a matching task where the students match words to definitions or synonyms or antonyms or words to pictures or phrases to examples. Idea number three, you can have the students label gradable words like gradable adverbs or adjectives on a Klein. Number four, you can have the students fill in a dialogue and you can give them a word bank there to give them some help. 
And then finally, number five, you can present the new words in a text and have the students find the meaning through the context of the text. All right, so try out some of these strategies. If you do, leave me a comment um, at the bottom of this episode and let me know how it goes. Happy vocabulary teaching, everybody. See you next week. Thanks again for joining me. Feel free to leave a comment on this episode or reach out to me directly at info at and let me know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and take a few seconds to leave a quick review. It helps so much in getting the word out there. And of course, if you know other teachers or travelers, I'd love for you to share this with them too. Stay tuned for the next episode, and until then, head to tefelhorizons.com for more resources and teaching tips. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons. Horizons.